Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. Time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him And from that point then we hear a name change Rearrange the game so now we gotta change uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up. You are now listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 240, ladies and gentlemen, 240. Wow. The Pancakes and Power Slam Show. I am Chris Featherstone celebrating the 240th episode. Wow, I'm just amazed of the amazing support of just all of you awesome listeners every single week and just all of the weekly uh, interviews that we have that uh, just uh, continue to spread amongst the airwaves and continue to uh, just keep this show afloat and, and just uh, and not even afloat, but just uh, soaring uh, to the skies. So thank you so much for all your support every single week on the Pancakes and Power Sam show as we celebrate 240 episodes. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have so much to talk about tonight. Uh, without you know, you know, listen. Here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> I I am very uh, particular of who I'd like to be on my show, and I've said this many times. You know, each week you can get someone from different uh, uh, cuts of the cloth 
from, you know, former, current, whatever stars. But, you know, there's there's a rhyme and a reason. This week, I'm going to talk to uh, someone who basically was thrown in a fire uh, because he came uh, from a lineage of one of the most controversial figures in all of professional wrestling. And so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce to you tonight former TNA star Garrett Bischoff. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I um, <clears throat> uh, The past few weeks, and I've said this to my former guest the past couple of weeks, I've been having just an annoying cough. Been trying to do some home remedies, and uh, it just kept going on and on. I went to the hospital a couple of days ago and found out that it was bronchitis, unfortunately. So they got me uh, doped up on some meds and an inhaler and said they'll should go away in about a week. So hopefully uh it, hopefully like i said it should go away in a week and hopefully uh it takes a little little less cuz i got two little boys to take care of and a beautiful wife so ready to get this over with heard that heard that well hope we get better quick i know what bronchitis is going around yeah 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 it's just this is hey, by the man. way congratulations 240 episodes congratulations that's hey, awesome hey thanks a lot man i appreciate it just uh absolutely have not missed a, have not missed a week since april of 2012 so uh yeah this uh continue awesome. to yeah thanks a lot man i appreciate your support hey, all right let's absolutely. get into let's get into garrett bischoff man I, I i'm really excited to talk about you uh, not only because of the tna stuff that's going around but just your career I mean, you basically got thrown in the fire uh, by just being a a part of a a big angle going around in 2010, the 10-10-10 turning point uh, was when uh, we saw you uh, first. Of course, you were, uh, I believe, Jackson James at the time. You weren't revealed to be Eric Bischoff's son uh, as a referee. Uh, What was it that caused TNA to say, okay, here it is? Was it it a matter of just your dad saying, here, you'll be a vital part in this immortal piece. You'll be the next uh, um, Danny Davis, so to speak. What what was it that caused you to be uh, a a pivotal, pivotal part of that angle at the time? Well, I mean, I guess looking back on it, you know, we knew, obviously, um, well, let's start from the beginning. So going into this, we, we did the Jackson James thing, um, Jackson James, for a, a couple different reasons. Um, one of them was, obviously, for storyline purposes. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a fun way to, to to do something that hadn't – it's hard to do. It's hard to keep secrets anymore. Um, and this was, this was a, a good way to – you know, a good way to – a good platform to, to do that with. Yeah. Um, that was one. The other part of it was it 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 allowed me to. And when I was Jackson James, I was Jackson James. To everybody, even mm-hmm. in the back, nobody knew. Mm-hmm. Not even the back. Like, I oh. didn't catering. I didn't talk. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't acknowledge. I was a referee. I didn't acknowledge my you know my dad back there. Um, we we caved everybody, uh, and we did that so that it it allowed me to kind of just. 
introduce myself to some of these guys uh, without without having any judgment, prejudgment. Mm-hmm. Um, it allowed me to just get to know guys, get to know some people, and uh, kind of kind of develop some friendships um, under you know with with no pretense to it, um, which which was kind of cool. Um, you know that everybody figured you know once it didn't last long. Obviously, everybody put two and two together pretty quick. Um, but it, it, it at least it gave me it gave me a couple of weeks of just be able to get my foot in the door and you know talk to a couple you know talk to some guys and shake hands and and uh, and, and kind of get get the ball rolling so to speak um, and it, it worked out real well. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as uh, as far as the storyline goes, it, it it changed a few times. Um, we had a couple of different ideas and it started off as one. And as, it, as, as, as time passed and the, it was building, so to speak, um, we, you know, we changed, we changed roots once or twice. Um, but eventually, you know, it, eventually, uh, everybody, well, everybody knows the outcome. <laughs> eventually it's, mm-hmm. it, I ended up turning, uh, going against, going against the grain and, and, um, you know, I think it all worked out for the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what were some of the thoughts that were just surrounding the immortal? Like, was was Jeff Hardy originally, you know, pinned to be, you know, the guy for immortal? Um, you know, of course, he made that uh, the the heel turn on, you know, ten, ten, ten. Was he the original guy that was that was uh, slated to be the leader of it? Well, you know, I don't know. I wasn't. Um... I, I wasn't on the creative team, so I don't know what their original plans were. You know, I know mm-hmm. some of the things that we were talking about for myself, just because obviously I was involved with that. Uh, right. But as far as as far as what their original plans or may or may not have been, or or what was changed for for Jeff, I I, I couldn't tell you to be honest with you. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. I you know, mm-hmm. I showed up and and did what I was told to do, just like everybody else. So mm-hmm. I was uh, now. I don't, you didn't I, I'm not have. Sure. Yeah, you didn't have much of any wrestling background before all of this, right? Um, no, not a lot. Um, I mean, besides the, I mean, I, obviously, it, it's been something that's, I've been a, around for my whole yeah. life. Um, so it wasn't completely new to me. But as far as actually being, you know, I only ran on the indie circuit for a very, very, very like half a cup of cold coffee. You know, before mm-hmm. before I got before I got thrown thrown out there with T- TNA, um, mm-hmm. so no, I I know I really didn't have a physical yeah. experience in the ring, um, very little. Mm-hmm. It was it was you, a learning curve for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> now you now who actually trained you? Uh, th- there's some reports that said Hogan before, but was it Hogan or was it someone else? I started my very first wrestling school that I that broke me in um, was Knox Pro out in uh, Burbank, okay. California. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, Rakishi and Gangrel and uh, Black Pearl. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the guys that 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 took me in. Such a good group of guys. Um, yeah, you keep, you couldn't ask for a better better coaches, better trainers, better friends. Um, just they they took me in. They took me under the wing, and they they. They work with me day in and day out, um, okay. off days, on days, extra days. It's a uh, really, really solid group of guys. Um, mm-hmm. And then it came time for me to leave California, um, just due to other things that were going on. 
and I ended up down in Florida, and I ended up over at uh, Brian Nob, Nasty Boy Brian Knobs training school uh, up until it was time for me to go to TNA. Okay, yeah. Now, you said that you were around wrestling a lot. Um, you were born in 84, and at the time, you know, Bischoff was working in AWA, if I'm not mistaken, or um, Correct. Uh, start at least starting well, a bit later. Not not in yeah, not in '84, but yeah, later on. Yeah, start uh, starting uh, his his AWA or, or on, mm-hmm. about to start his AWA career. Um, mm-hmm. So so you grew up, you know, watching, you know, or being around wrestling. I mean, what are the things that you mm-hmm. learned as far as just uh, just the state of wrestling back in the '80s, uh, around the time that your father um, would would go, you know, and and be a part of the uh, AWA, and of course, then uh, if, uh, WCW. Well, obviously, only being born in '84, um, I was pretty pretty young. So to give a you know, <laughs> wrestling in the '80s was not something I really remember. Uh, uh-huh. I can remember very very little bits and pieces as I got older. Um, so I, I can't really give you an honest answer on that question just because I wasn't there for it. I wasn't old enough to remember it. Um, but looking back now, or, you know, or, or looking back as I got older, you know, watching old videos and stuff, um, obviously it's, it's the wrestling business has changed tenfold since then. So mm-hmm. it is a completely different ball game. It's, it's a different, it is a completely different world now. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, good and bad comes of that. Um, you know, I think uh, a big part of it, and you know, I've, you've probably heard people say this before. I think a big part of what what was special about wrestling back then that we lack today is the magic. Oh yeah. Um, you know, with the internet, with the internet, and you know, everybody in there has got a, a camera phone and. Instagram and Facebook and social media and YouTube and everything, you know, everything else. It's just yep. the, the the magic isn't there like it used to be. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's something that it's, it, it, it's not as special as it used to be. I think from a viewer's perspective, you know, from, from, yeah, if you're just, just a pure spectator standpoint, it's just not as special. Um, you know, it's, it's, and it's hard to do that. It's hard to, it's hard to keep people, in in suspense, it's hard to get that that feeling that oh my that that excited feeling or that goosebumps of what what oh my god you know what's what's gonna happen is is that is that real is, did, did, is that really going on right now it's it's really hard to create that anymore because of that. So. Uh, I think an example of that uh, is the curtain call. Uh, you know, back then, you know, when when the curtain call uh, happened, you know. Having film, you know, inside an arena, you know what I mean? It, it was in you know, mm-hmm. 1996, 20 years ago, you know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. it was it was unheard of, you know what I mean? It was one of those things that, you know, you're filming, what? You're filming a house show? It's uh, not only are we going to take your film, we're going to ban you, you know? But now, right. nowadays, I mean, there's, you know, there, there's phones everywhere. And, and, you know, Bray Wyatt comes out and there's a host of phones, you know, uh, yep. uh, making you know, light like fireflies. You know, so you're absolutely, you're absolutely right on. Was was Eric? Did, did he? You know, were you hanging around? Did he bring you around in the any of the boys uh, during his time in WCW? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It was like my 
my, a, a second family, uh, and not just mm-hmm. the boys. It was everybody. You know, it was, I mean, everybody. The, the ring crew, the lighting crew, the truck drivers, the um, you know, everybody. Um, you know, it was, it was a real special time, and I'm, yeah. I reminisce in it uh, quite often. You know, it's 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 um, yeah. they were. It was like a second family. It was, it was everybody was you know a pretty tight knit close group, and um, you know, I can remember running around run around the offices or run around the backstage or run around the shows and, you know, so, you know, that, that, he'd take me out of school every once in a while. <laughs> I'd get to skip mm-hmm. class and go, go, go to shows. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, summertime, obviously on the summer, summer break when I wasn't in school, I got to, I got to do a lot and Sturgis, you know, the road wild pay-per-views and, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty neat, pretty, pretty neat way to grow up. Yeah. Very fortunate. yeah. You were, um, a preteen going into a team during the NWO time, right? So, what are your what are your memories of of just the NWO era? It was, yeah, that would have been. Uh, I mean, I was in high school back then, then, so yeah, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, somewhere around in there. Um, I just remember it being the, you know, that was that was the baddest of the bad, right? You know, back then that was. Mm-hmm. NWO was it was hot. That was something that, and kind of going back to like what we said, what we were just talking about a minute ago. The things that they were doing with with the new world order, and in WCW in general, um, and, and in WWF as well back then, WWE, it, they were starting. You were starting to see things in wrestling that nobody would, nobody had ever seen in wrestling before. Mm-hmm. It was it was a time where it really made you go, man, what is going on here? This is serious, right. like. We know this is a show, but that that's serious. I mean, there's cops showing up. There's people getting arrested. You know, the wrestlers are Scott Hall and Kevin Nash just got arrested for breaking into the building. Right. You know, nobody had ever yeah. done that before. That raw, real footage of somebody you know happened to be out in the parking lot with a camcorder kind of gimmick, you know, running around and, and just happened mm-hmm. to catch six pack and you know those guys breaking into the WCW. That kind of thing had never been done before, so it was hot. It was yeah. raw. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's just intense. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Like, you know, wrestling in the '80s and even '90s. Um, it's it's one of those things. Like breaking the fourth wall, or you know, I mean that 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 was like that, that was kayfabe was so alive, you know, back then. You know what I mean? It's and I was saying this. I have a <clears throat> Facebook Live every Monday night. I have a raw review, and I was just saying last night, like, you know, wrestling has always been about characters, and you know, people would be so good heels back in the '80s that people would little. I mean, there's been stories, there's been many stories of people of heels of good heels at the time, like Flair and, and, and Jake Roberts, getting stabbed at. I mean, like that's Absolutely. how. You know what I mean? That's how serious they were about being a villain back then. It was so serious and cave fabe was so real that people would generally hate the bad guys and throw stuff at them, throw soda cans at them, throw all types of stuff at them, you know, and, you know, gone on those days. And unfortunately that, you know, you know, of course you don't want people to get stabbed at, but you know, like I was saying, if I was, if I was a heel nowadays, I would want people to throw a soda can at me, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, okay, well I'm doing my job you know, perfectly. If someone wants, if, if I'm outside and walking to my car, and someone throws a soda can at me because they hate me, 
I'm like, perfect. You know, I'm, I'm doing something. That means you're doing your job right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And it is, it's hard to find that anymore. It's, it is, it's hard to find that. Um, And that's, you know, one of the things obviously that, that my dad was amazing at is making people hate him legit. Yeah. You know, absolutely. (laughs) Hate him, (laughs) you know, or did back then. You can't really teach that. You either have it or you don't. And, mm-hmm. um, he he has it. You know, he he always has. Yes, and he 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 knows how to work it. Yeah, yeah, it does. And so, one of the biggest things that that you are involved in doing your time in uh, TNA was, of course, aces and eights. So. Mm-hmm. How did that whole thing form? Like, what was the backstage talk? You know, who were the people in the meeting originally? And, and who came up with the idea of saying, okay, we're going to have this biker gang. Uh, you know, I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it. How did that all come about? Uh, well, once again, I wasn't on the creative team. So, um I don't, I don't well, from know a meeting exactly standpoint, who was all in the meeting together? Like, you know, you know. Originally, when it started, um, before all the masks came off, um, it was myself, uh, Briscoe, uh, Nux, and Doc, um, and uh, D'Lo. Those were the, those were the, the, the core group that kind of, from the very get-go, were there. Everyone else was kind of, because they were in masks, everyone else was just kind of fill-ins. Um, here and there, it just depends. But um, you know, and then as the story progressed, obviously we we they they had their ideas of who they wanted to 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 run with it. But a lot of that, um, it, there wasn't necessarily a, a game plan from the get go as far as who it was. It was uh, we we kind of there's a couple things um, that were getting tossed around, and everybody knows yeah. what the end result was. Now, were, were there any people like behind a mask, like for a week or two? that was never unmaxed, you know, that, that was filling in, you know, like any, any person on the roster that no one knew about that was just in the mask, you know, as kind of like a decoy at any, any point of that uh, angle. Well, there we go back to the magic of it. See there, if I tell everybody what's in David Copperfield's bag of tricks, then it's just not magical anymore, is it? <laughs> well, it's, it, it's <laughs> over now. It's been over for what, four <laughs> years now? It doesn't mean it's well, still not no, magical, no, bro. Yeah. Yeah, about three, about three years. Yeah, I won't give up on. Um, yeah, well, any okay. How how about one name? One name that uh, that that was a decoy at any time. Um, actually, honestly, everybody that was that anybody would know. Uh, ended up getting revealed, so and that's an honest that's an honest answer. Um, oh, okay. Anybody that would have been a decoy wouldn't uh, wouldn't 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 know. Okay, gotcha. Okay, you uh, politically uh, spin your way out of that answer, so I'll, I'll give you that much. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this: um, you, you you named the the originals of of, of you know people uh, you uh, D'Lo. Um, Nux and uh, Gallows. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, uh, it ended up being 
um, Bully Ray as as the the mastermind behind that. When did he really well, get inserted in the storyline? Because you know he wasn't an original, and of course Devon got revealed before him. When did they get inserted? And in, you know, yeah, of course, you know you weren't in the creative meetings, uh, but I'm, I'm sure you were filled in as far as you know who's going to be in the, at what time. When was it? You know, okay, so Bully Ray. No, is not the necessarily. Guy. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. They, they don't. They don't. They tell us. They don't literally. They don't usually tell us anything except when to be real really? and what to, you know and what to do. So, um, huh. yeah. So I mean, that's, you know, that's just how it goes. That's that's. that's those, the creative team has their job, and we have our job. If they do theirs, we do ours. It's, it's not you know, it's not our job to to, to necessarily know uh, everything that's going on. Still, you know, we don't have to worry about it. Um, yeah. But but bully was he was a part of it, um, or at least it was getting set. up. Backstory was probably getting set up. Um, I'd say about a good three or four months before it came out. Who you know that it was him. You know all that the gotcha. backstory that was being done was yeah a good three or four months at least. Mm-hmm. So there really wasn't an end game for Ace and Ace. It just kind of unraveled as it, as the weeks went by. You know, I don't know. Um, it's, and I've been asked that question before. Due to whatever was going on internally at the time, mm-hmm. um, which once again I don't have anything. To, I didn't have anything to do with Dan, and obviously don't now, and it doesn't matter right. anymore. Uh, but yeah. there, there was there was stuff going on internally, uh, and wh- how it went down, I, I would hope to venture was not what was originally planned for it to go down that way. But whatever, mm-hmm. whatever happened, and whoever's ended up, you know, with the gavel, gavel that day, and was able to to drop the hammer down, did it, and mm-hmm. did away with it in a in a, in a quick in a quick fashion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, it was, it's unfortunate. That was one of the coolest things that was going on in wrestling once again for, I mean, that, that kind of thing hadn't been seen in a long time. Right. Um, I'm not saying it hadn't been done. We weren't, you know, we didn't reinvent the wheel or anything. It just hadn't been seen in a while. Something like that raw kind of edgy, you know, faction like that had not been seen in any, in any wrestling. I mean, not even over in, in WWF. They hadn't been doing that. And that's right around the same time, you know, the shield came around and then, you know, gotten, mm-hmm. got the brew. And, and so both of them, you know, nothing, nobody had seen anything like that over there. Nobody had done anything like that over TNA in, in a long time. So it was, it was fresh. Um, and it was a lot of fun and it was getting a lot of good traction and a lot of good reaction. And we were going back to what we were talking about earlier, about people generally hating people. People did not like us. We, yeah. we made, we made people angry. I remember mm-hmm. when we were over in Europe, um, we were all in the ring, and that ring got filled with trash. They were throwing bottles and cans and not not glass bottles, but you know pop bottles and uh, yeah. you know trash and popcorn, and they're throwing all they, the whole ring was full, it was like an old NWO. Yeah, thing. and it was it has and to it be a great feeling. <laughs> that has to be it a was. really great it feeling. Was. It yeah. really was. I never knew. I you know I never knew how much I'd love getting tra- trash thrown at me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> But you know, but whatever whatever it was that happened internally, um, it is what it is, and it happened the way it happened. It's it's unfortunate. I was real disappointed in the way it went down, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I show up and I show up and say yes sir, no sir, and yes ma'am, no ma'am, and do my yeah. do my time, and that's it. Now you end up um, 
teaming up with uh, Wes Briscoe, uh, kind of after the fallout of, of that. Y'all teamed up for a little bit, but um, they let you go. <clears throat> they let you go. Um, really, uh, it was really, I think, like 2014 that you really stopped being a really intricate part, and they let you go uh, with, like, the spring of 2015. Um, was there... Was there was there a reason why was it just a phone call saying we're just we're just cutting some people that uh, aren't being utilized? Um, you know, do they really have a, nah. a quality reason to give me? No, no. I mean, my contract was up, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I neither side was pushing for for reenlistment, so to speak, and that was that was just it. We just it just my you know my time management, so that was it. There was no. There's nothing malicious about it on either side, or nothing bad, no bad blood, or anything. It was was what it was, done. You know, that's how that's good. That's how the game. That's how the game works. Yeah, that's good. Um, You know, stuff like that's always good instead of it, you know, being contentious, of course. Um, Now, now you wrestled in the Indies um, off and on the past couple of years. Is that something? I know you have your um, your company that we'll talk about here in a minute. are you still doing indie shows or is you kind of just kind of let off of, of wrestling since then? Yeah. You know, I, I still, I, I listen, you know, wrestling's in my blood and I love it. Uh, and I miss it. I miss it dearly. Um, it's, it, I do, I'll do indies here and there. Um, if it works, if it works for everybody as far as timing and anything else goes. Um, but my job, I've been with a great company now for almost two years um, Sonoran Desert Institute, uh, and I love my job now. Um, I'm very passionate about it, and it keeps me busy. You know, I'm on the road just as much, if not more, than when I was with wrestling. You know, I'm, I'm running 200-plus days a year with this company on the road. Um, mm-hmm. So there's not, a, there's not a lot of time for that anymore. You know, I got to a point, I'm 32, um, I got to a point, around the age of 30, right around that time when my, when my contract ended, where I had to make a serious choice and it wasn't easy. It was a hard, very, very hard choice. Um, I still fight with it give up, give up everything that I always wanted to do from a kid and, and go with this, you know, a different career or keep, keep, Eating, you know, keep, keep keep hustling for a couple bucks on the indie, you know, a couple bucks a night on it on the indie circuit, and hope yeah. that that one percent chance comes around that I might get, you know, might get the chance to go, you know, to go somewhere else and and do something that actually allowed me to make, you know, make make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, but at thirty years old, you know, I got a wife, and we're trying to have, you know, we're we're trying to have a family, and it gets to a point where I just had to make a hard choice and I'm, my choice was to go the other way. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, it, it, the older you get, the harder it gets, you know, but you gotta, I, I, you gotta have some stability. You know, I'm not, I'm not 20 years old and, and hop around with a, with no, with, with not a whole lot of bills. You know, I got, I got, a right. yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I got things that I want in my future and we want my, you know, my wife and I, and, there's things that we want to do and places we want to go and things we want to see. And, and, uh, I can't, I can't, I just couldn't keep, 
doing what we were doing. It just wasn't going to work anymore. So I had, to, I had to make that hard choice, and I don't regret it. Not to say I don't miss wrestling, but I don't regret what I did. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm very happy where I am. I love my company that I'm with now. It's a great group of people I work with and a great college, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's that's fantastic. Um, so quickly, a couple more things. Uh, TNA is just in a very bad state uh, right now. All types of lawsuits and things just piling up. Um, I mean, what are, what are your what are your thoughts on just the overall state of TNA? And what what do you wish TNA resolves? And 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 what what are your hopes for TNA within the next six months? Listen, you know what, it, and I don't, I don't ever discuss anything uh, as far as the legalities going or anything. It's just not my place. Um, but what I hope, who suffers? The fans suffer, and the talent suffers. Yeah. So I don't, I want to see TNA do good. I want to see all wrestling companies do good because it gives people places to go and people places to work. That's the whole thing. Um, the, at the end of the day. If you allow your people, people who allow themselves to get wrapped up in the in the bitterness and the of everything, it, it's that's they're missing the point. You know, the, the wrestling is wrestling is what is a passion, and I don't want to see anybody not be able to pers- you know pursue their passion because right. of stu- you know, stupid stuff. So it, mm-hmm. I would obviously I would, I would like to see everything. I hope it all works out for for them for the sake of the fans and for the sake it's a place for people to work, you know. It's I don't want to see any of my brothers and sisters out on their out on their, you know, rear ends because of something stupid. Yeah. You know, so well said. I I hope that I hope they do well because or hope they, yeah. they everything happens everything happens for a reason, but hopefully everything works out good and it's, it's a great place to 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 go get in the ring and go work. Yeah. All right, uh, Garrett. Let everybody know about One Bad Cat. One Bad Cat Incorporated. Yeah, you know I started that. Um, oh gosh, about three years ago. Uh, my clothing line um, started off as a tattoo. To be honest with you, that's kind of how the whole thing kicked off. And one day I was like, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really cool tattoo, and people always ask me about it. And I was like, we should put that shirt, make a logo. So, so we did. Um, there's not a whole lot more than that to it, to be honest with you. Other than that, it's it's. I hope one day that I can grow it into something more. I've always wanted to own a tattoo shop and a barber, you know, like a really cool vintage barber shop. And you know, hopefully one day that's my plan is the one bad cat tattoo company and one bad cat barber shop. But uh, uh, one bad cat dot com. Is where you can find the find swag, swiggity swag, <laughs> um, nice shirts, hats, sweatshirts, girl stuff, tanks, tees, the whole nine yards. That's awesome. Let us know and, where we uh, can find your social media. Yeah, so um, at Garrett Bischoff is my Twitter. Um, Instagram is Garrett Bischoff underscore O B C I N C. Um, then I'm on Facebook, Garrett Bischoff Facebook. Um, I'm, uh, I've really started to get in doing a lot of live videos. Um, you can see those from my company now. So, like I said, that's Sonoran Desert Institute. Um, we're actually a firearms technology college. It's an accredited college mm-hmm. that specializes in, uh, we teach gunsmithing and armors courses, ballistics and reloading. Um, so if there's any 
anybody that's that, that may interest, uh, we are an accredited school. You can even earn your Associates of Science degree in firearms technology through us. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty pretty neat. Uh, we accept military benefits and and everything too. So if there's any any veterans out there that are, um, you know, not quite sure what you're what you're wanting to do, and uh, you know, we can get you get you rock and roll like that. It's an on, online college, so you don't have to come to campus. You can do everything right from home. Um, but wow. I do a lot of do. I'm doing a lot of live uh, live video feeds from from their Facebook page, so you can find me there as well, Sonoran Desert Institute, on Facebook. A uh, lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. That's awesome, man. Glad that you can bounce back from uh, you know a wrestling career and you know spent five good years as a wrestler and uh, decided to to go elsewhere. And I'm glad that uh, you are just really rebounding from that and and doing successful. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, that's like I said, it's always in my blood, so you never know. If the opportunity arises one day, we'll see what happens then. But uh but you just need you just never know. That's right, man. <laughs> Pleasure talking to you, man. Have a good night. Thanks for you, your time. You too, sir. Hey, thank you very much. Look forward to doing it again. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Garrett Bischoff. Great stuff, man. Great time talking to him. Uh, we got so much to talk about, so let's get right into it. Todd Fisher. Uh, yeah, we need so much to talk about. What happened in politics this week? Anything exciting? <laughs> we got politics. <laughs> we got the uh, we we got the tribe uh, laying eggs and basically falling asleep. Uh, we got uh, the headlines tonight. We got so much to talk about. So without further ado, let's get to the election 2016 talk. Wrong. That is absolutely Wait a minute. Uh, the political hacks. Let me tell you, she's not how to Wait, I don't know, maybe. Who knows? Facts. By your people, many of which are absolutely untrue. Bad deals, but it's bad experience. Bad, but it's bad. And I don't, I, I don't deserve that. Absolutely. Wrong. Proof. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so there's three, there's, there's three big uh, things going on right now. We've got the... Um, the emails uh, being reinvestigated um, that has caused a dip uh, in Clinton's support. Um, ABC poll has it basically a, a dead heat. Uh, CNN poll still has it up five. Uh, the Electoral College projection still has Clinton winning. Uh, however, uh, WikiLeaks uh, is <clears throat> the pedestrian uh, emails. Uh, basically, the latest news as of today um, uh, has said it, uh, uh, it's upwards. Uh, basically, it's, it, they were, new emails have been released, and we're at over 41,000 now. So, Todd, what's going on, man, with this political hullabaloo? You know, the... Well, today they, they released batch number 25 of the Podesta emails. So yep. I, I've dug through some of them. I've been, re- I've been reading them every every day when they release them. I don't read them all. I, I, I do, in fact, have a life. So I, I don't <laughs> have time to read every single one of them. I, I can't imagine the people that do it. I just think that's somebody's actual job to read all those. But the the the, the ones I have read, and you and I talked about this briefly at work, have caused me to, there, I have zero faith 
in anything that the Clinton News Network puts out there. CNN, they are so in the in the you know pocket of the Clinton campaign. It's not even funny. This week, uh, Don Brazil was fired from CNN because yeah. it was yet again proven she's feeding questions to Hillary Clinton. You know, and you see you see the different commentators from CNN writing John Podesta saying, "Hey, well, here's the questions we're going to ask in the interview. Are these okay?" You know, maybe the Trump campaign does the same thing with some interviewers. I I don't think so because he comes off as so unscripted. Just mm-hmm. you know that, whereas she comes off as so scripted all the time that you can see that she's obviously got the has got the questions ahead of time. So there's, I, I I just can't believe anything that the Clinton campaign's putting out there. I mean, that's Clinton, yeah. that CNN's putting out. Well, same thing, CNN Clinton campaign. <laughs> same people, pretty much at this point. Um, and then uh, then with the FBI reopening the the Clinton email scandal, uh, email stuff. Um, and and someone I, one of the guys I love to follow on Twitter. And if you're not following him, and you're politically minded. And you're open-minded. It's important. You have to be open-minded. I'm open-minded. I try to be open-minded. I definitely lean conservative, but I try to listen to the other side as well. Uh, so if you're if you're liberal leaning, but you're open-minded, and you're willing to listen to facts and take emotion out of it. One of the guys definitely follow Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro has been just as critical of Trump as he has been of anyone. But he had a great point. Because Hillary Clinton's coming out saying that the FBI needs to come clean, which I find rich. Hillary Clinton telling someone to be honest about something <laughs> at all. The FBI needs to come clean about what do they have. Well, here's the thing. There's a, there's someone else out there beyond the FBI that knows exactly what they have, that knows what emails they, they should have on, on hand. Yeah. That's Hillary yeah. Clinton. She sent these emails. Yeah. Comey didn't do this. Fox News didn't do this. Trump didn't do this. No one has done this. The Russians did not do this. The only person that has that that has done something wrong here is Hillary Clinton. And you can love her all you want, and you can you can whatever you need to do to make yourself sleep at night. But the simple fact is, Hillary Clinton has violated laws. She is as from from appearance allegedly. It, it everything looks like. She has violated laws. She has violated rules. She's violated standards. But she wants to blame everyone else for these these, these failures. So, yeah, you know, I, I just I don't understand people who are, who are just still adamantly defending her. I mean, I'm a Trump well, they supporter. Have a blind eye to only it. in they they have a blind eye to it because they're you know. And and that's with politics. I mean, you know, you when you're when you're heavily left and where you're heavily right there's nothing that can be and I, and I say this to even Trump supporters I said I, I say with with the exception of revealing that he's the second coming of Satan there's nothing that can turn away a Trump supporter same thing with the Clinton supporter if you if you lean left I mean it, not lean left if you're far left there's nothing can, that can be done you if, if you are an, an African-American who's far left there can be an email that could call an, a fellow African-American all types of names that's not going to make someone vote Trump. And, I, and you know, and you and I have talked about this. 
I have no, I do not under, I can't understand how someone of African American descent, how anyone African American in this country can vote Democrat. And even if you take out the historical aspect of what the Democrats have done historically to the African American community, just look at what they're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, They've been in control, been in control of places like Flint, Michigan, for decades. But yet, they still have lead poisoning all over the place in Detroit. What are they doing about it? In, in Flint, rather, what are they doing about it? Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland, where there where there's all the cries of racism from the police, headed by a black mayor, black attorney general, uh, black police chief. Run yeah. by Baltimore has been run by Democrats. Well. Primarily for a hundred years, with the exception of about thirty years, where it was run by an openly socialist uh, 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 mayor. People of African American descent continue to vote for Democrats, and they do nothing. They 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 say they give lip service to how they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna take care of your problems, but they do nothing. Obama promised so much. I remembered when when Obama was was elected president, and how the African American community celebrated because he was going to change everything. Everything was going to change. He's going to make it better. Are you better now than you were eight years ago? Ask yourselves that. As you're sitting here listening to my words, are you better today because of anything that Barack Obama has done? I challenge the, the answer's got to be no. Because you look at Obamacare, because I was talking about this with a coworker today. That's not, that's not Chris. You look at Obamacare. Obamacare has, has in, in some places right now, the rates are increasing by 300%. And we we haven't started up enrollment at our place of employment, but chances are the rates are going to go up. And if they go up and I can't afford them, if I cancel my insurance, I take a penalty. I have to take a tax penalty because of yep. a law that Obama put in place. So I'm being forced to keep insurance that I can't necessarily afford to keep me, you know, working poor. That I have to continue to struggle paycheck to paycheck. Well, it destroys small businesses because – you know, Absolutely. if you have over fifteen, if you have over fifteen employees in your small business, you have to have insurance. So the premiums are spiking, and so basically, not only do you have to have insurance, your employees have to have insurance, or else they'll get penalized, like you just like you just said. So basically, we're all getting strong armed. So I just don't understand how someone can look at that and say that's a good thing. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. The average rise of Obamacare leading into 2017 is 22 percent. That's the average. Um, that's the average. That's, yeah, that's the average. So uh, nearly, you know, a little over one fifth <laughs> of what you're what you're going to pay, it's going to spike up. So uh, you know, in, in in Arizona, it's doubling. Uh, it's increasing 69% in Oklahoma. Uh, and from $760 in Alaska. So, uh, Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton wants to double down on, on Obamacare, which her right. own husband has said is insane. Well, it, it's pandering. 
because you know she's she's had her reservations on, on Obamacare, and, you know, and, and from a from a right standpoint, you know, I do understand the existing condition. I, I do get that because you know I don't think Trump really has a healthy alternative as far as, you know re, re, repeal and replace. Right. He just folded out. That's today. basically what we keep hearing: repeal and replace, repeal, repeal and replace. Um, he already so, rolled, he rolled it out today. It's available on his website. Okay, yeah, so that's that, that's good it's, to know. It's greatly, um, it's, it goes into great detail. Go to his website. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of things that need to be hammered out yet, but for but he's got a policy in place exactly what he wants, what he thinks would work better to open up uh, a market, the marketplace for cross uh, cross state lines to pick up insurance. So you don't have, you're not stuck with what's available to you in your area. You can go. You know what? That place has better insurance. I'd rather have the insurance from over there. They're, they're offering me something more. He's offer, he's opening up to federal uh, FSAs. Um, if you don't have an FSA and you have it available to so you, I recommend it. It's a savings account that's just for medical stuff. And, and so if you get a copay or, or you have or you have medications you have to pay for, you use your FSA. Currently not available, you know, widely available in all Obamacare options. With a complete overhaul of, of Medicaid and Medicare, these things are they need to be overhauled. Where, where is it at? I'm, I'm on the website now, and it just shows what he wants to do with it. Uh, uh, reform positions. Okay, it looks like it looks like you have to you have to dig through it. Four page plan. Like I said, I I, I listen to news. It was on the news that it came out today. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the page We're on now. there. I'm not 100%. Yeah. But bottom line is, uh, like I said before, um, neither of them are, are – are, uh, both of them are equally as, as – I mean, they're both they're both bad to me. They're both, they're both horrible, and I cannot support either one of them. Um, my master plan as a citizen is for, you know, and, and it hurts me to say this, but, uh, you know, I, I'm willing I'm willing for Hillary Clinton to be a sitting duck president and Kane, you know, uh, and Tim Kane just kind of, you know, uh, lead the duration of that, which will probably be a year or two. Uh, she'll be gone and then two to three years he'll he'll uh, be the president. And then not only there, there, I don't think Trump, I'm almost a hundred percent, even his surrogates believe that he won't run again. So that, you know, that's Mike Pence at that time. And I'll, and I'll, I'll gladly vote for Mike Pence. So hopefully, cause if we get Trump now, you know, either we're going to get Trump again or Clinton, most likely option. Here's being, another so. way of looking at it. Someone gave me a great way to look at this. If Hillary Clinton gets in office, let's say she gets elected, you know, we've already, under Obama, we've seen a highly politicized uh, Justice Department. You know, it's not going to get any better under Hillary Clinton. Do you think the Justice Department is going to investigate their boss, or are they going to tell the FBI to shut it down? Because even if the FBI finds something, it's still up to the Justice Department to to uh, to prosecute. Mm-hmm. Is Loretta Lynch really going to prosecute? She's already she's already told uh, Comey she doesn't even want him doing what he's doing. Yeah, he's trying to block. She's trying to block him in every turn. 
So there's no, there's almost no chance. And if Hillary gets in office, you know, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to drag her out of there with a crowbar to get her out of the White House. Whereas with Trump, should Trump go rogue and start being completely off the rails, Trump-wise, the 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 Republicans that are in the House and in the Senate, they'll turn on him in a heartbeat. As will yeah, the, the media. The problem, as though. will everyone else. That's the problem, man. I, you know, there will be so much discord. He'll he'll talk about the Republican Party. He's, you know, and here's the thing. I, I am, I, I I I am almost a doctor. I'm a few semesters away from becoming a doctor, and I, psychology is my major. And there's so many psychological assessments that I can write about, and uh, you know, and, and pinpoint with Donald Trump. You know. You know, I can't I can't diagnose, but he you know, he's someone who's narcissistic, you know, even some histrionic in there. And and it's just I cannot imagine something going something not going his way. And then he'll you know, he he trying to point the finger. I mean, that that's that's him. That's who he does. And you know, it's so funny because he said that he said the polls are rigged and then. When the investigation comes out, he says, "Well, the media really isn't that rigged, I guess." You know, and it's now, and it's what like, he said okay. was, Chris, what he said was, is he applauded Comey for having the courage to stand up and say that he was wrong and to reopen the investigation. He didn't say he didn't back down from his original statement that the media is rigged because he continued. He still says the media is rigged because the media is in fact rigged. To say it's anything that's other not, That's is, not correct. I watched something yesterday, last night on CNN, from him saying verbatim, I guess the media isn't that rigged, is what he said. Well, I haven't seen that one because I, I try to avoid CNN like the plague. Like I that said, was last night. I've read the they emails. Showed, they showed a clip. I, yeah, I've, read, I've read the emails from CNN to, to John Podesta. I've read the emails. It's they're in the bag for him. I'm sorry. I know you don't want that to be the case. I want. I know you want to think that the, that it's fair and that they're in, they're they're giving you know, Donald Trump a fair trade and they're they're you know being just as equally critical of Clinton, but that's disingenuous and it's incorrect. I I never laid that out. I'm just saying it. It, it just. It's just not true. I've seen, I've, you know, there may be a clip of him saying, "Well, maybe the media is not as rigged," but I've seen, I've seen the emails where the media is rigged. And that's not my point. My is. point is, my, my my point is this. My point is, when when things are favoring Trump, it's not as rigged. When it's not favoring Trump, it's uber rigged. And so, from a temperamental standpoint. That's what me and again we get back to the target audience of the elections right now are still the undecided voters. That's why uh, that's why Trump is going to <laughs> New Mexico, which has you know been solid red for quite some time now. And so, you know, it's it, it's one of those things that you know, and and it's it's one of those things that. The undecided voters are still the target audience right now, and 
we see this is what us undecided see. We see we see an unstable Trump. We see a corrupt Clinton, and we have to choose between one of them. So that's where my mindset is, and that's where the undecided the undecided voters are, and that's what makes it uh, you know a rock and a hard place. And you know it's kind of like. Uh, John Kasich running in John McCain, you know what I mean? And, and uh, Paul Ryan did vote Trump. He, he, that, that was revealed today. Um, you know, and, and it's you know one of those. It, it's a list of it's a list of people that uh, just can't support uh, someone like Trump. And and that's and that's where that's where I'm at as a conservative. Uh, I, I just cannot uh, do that. And that's where again it gets to the point of one week out. You still have someone like me who, you know, is, is is a conservative through and through that will not vote Hillary Clinton. That's completely out of it. Um, but still, you know, still so battling of, of who to vote for, you know, a week out uh, of the election. So it should be interesting. Uh, next week is the week we will be covering live election coverage uh we might mu- <laughs> we might not have much wrestling to talk about next week honestly because it will be live uh it will be election day and it should be incredibly fun all right ladies and gentlemen let's get into hell in a cell so todd what were your overall thoughts of the hell in a cell pay-per-view you know i i i found myself surprisingly happy with the, the women's match usually you know this. I, I'm not a big fan of the of the women's wrestling, and for the, for very specific reasons, uh, I'm not a fan of watching women in skimpy clothes. I, I don't need that kind of anticipation in my life. And I'm not saying it's wrong for anyone else to enjoy it, but for me, not my thing. However, I thought that was a well put together match. Uh, I understand why they put it on last. I understand they wanted to set that historic thing. But when it comes right down to it, I, I I just I don't care for super violent women fighting. You know, I, I guess I'm just old fashioned that way. Call me a misogynist if you must, but I don't like to watch women just destroy each other like I watch the watch Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks do. Mm. Does that make sense? I can I can see that. My, I, I personally, you know, there's been women's wrestling for, you know, since wrestling started. I mean, Mae Young was starting in like the 1930s, 40s. Um, so yeah, it's it's been women's wrestling, and so I, you know, it's one of those things that uh, I, I've I've learned to to appreciate the art of, of wrestling. It's not people really beating each other up. It's all staged. It's choreographed. I mean, so you know, to me, Wait, if, if I don't want, are you sure it's staged? No, it's not real. It's not staged. It's not staged. You've blown my mind, Chris. Oh man, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't know that you didn't know that. <laughs> um. So you know, it's one of those things that, you know, there's 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 females, uh, you know, stunt doubles, you know. So there there's some there there's some uh, some some physicality there is is what I'm trying to go at. So 
you know, there's I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, Charlotte and, and Sasha doing stunts, and I and here's my traditionalist that's about to kick in. I, I'm not a fan of just random spot, you know, crazy spots. That is ridiculous. I, I don't and 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 Charlotte and Sasha have done way too much of that during their feud. Um, that I'm not a fan of at all. I mean, just the the power bomb that just you know jerked Sasha's uh, head, and she already has a bad back, and uh, you know. But I was I was more than fond that it was the main event. I actually liked that it was the main event because it was in Boston. Sasha's from Boston, so I, I like the poignancy factor of that. However, um, yeah, I, I I think it was a solid pay per view. I think the end just blew it with Charlotte winning again. Yeah, I agree. I, I think yeah. I think they could have had a better a better finish. I think it, but then again, there's a lot to there. They said a lot about you know Sasha actually being injured, at least partially injured during that match, and that's why they they went with that finish, and that's why she wasn't yeah. on Raw. Yeah, there's other reports of uh, them just genuinely wanting Bailey to step in that role. And I'm fine with that, too, because, you know, I'm a big fan of the Hugster. Oh, yeah, big Bailey fan, although they've just ruined uh, her on Raw. Uh, so this is, you know, <clears throat> I think that Sasha should have won in her hometown. Charlotte, um should have one on Raw if they wanted to do a title change. So <clears throat> the creative team, creative team, you know, you know, there's there's certain things that you just have to do. You have to, you know, please the fans in Boston, you know, with with the hometown girl. So mm-hmm. Todd, you you know what I do to the WWE creative when I just make ridiculous decisions. Do you know you know what I do? You tell them to watch it. Yeah. You so WWE, WWE creative. I, I, I you just made the list. You just made the list to WWE creative for doing such a horrible job and leaving and deflating the Boston crowd of having their hometown girl lose the Hell in a Cell match. Really odd ending. Wait, wait, wait. Get, get that sound clip ready for real quick. I want to do a quick throwback. You got the sound clip ready? I got it. On Friday, James Comey uh, sent a letter to the Congress telling Hillary Clinton. You just made the list! <laughs> well played. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the uh, Raw and SmackDown review. Here we go.
update, Todd, your Raw and SmackDown takeaways. Um, I didn't hate Raw. Uh, I mean, it was much better Raw, and I, and I like. I think the Goldberg segment was much better, and I think Paul Heyman was, you know, much more on point, and he definitely was able to draw the heat this time. Um, I'm not sure why Rusev took the jackhammer, but okay. Is he the new Paul Heyman guy? I mean, I'd be fine with that. Well, it could use a few more Paul Heyman guys as far as I'm concerned. Um, anything that gets me more Paul Heyman. Um, I, I, I came away from Raw thinking, yeah, that's a better show than, than it has been. It's, it, it seems like Raw's getting slightly better. I'm not sure why that is to me. I, I still contend that SmackDown's a better show. Um, and we, of course, introduced the Hugster as the you know next women's champion, which I'm always okay with. Mm-hmm. And then again, it, 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 a quick nitpicky thing on SmackDown. I love SmackDown. I, I actually just before just before I, I got on air, I was finishing up uh, watching uh, SmackDown. I, I didn't watch it live, um, but I was finishing up on SmackDown. Uh, and, and I enjoyed it. And I, I was a little getting tired of the James Ellsworth thing. I am so over James Ellsworth at this moment. Mm. It's not even funny. I, I don't see how the whatever. But then again, I'm not a big fan of Cheeseburger and ROH either. So maybe oh. there's a group of fans oh, that I know you love Cheeseburger. And probably like <laughs> Gilbert too. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's, it's, but it's the same gimmick for all of them. But what I what I the, the nitpicky thing that bothers me about SmackDown, okay, they're supposed to be competing shows, and that's cool. I dig that you're going to be a competing show. Then, then compete. So let's not do a Raw recap in the middle of SmackDown. Yeah, you, no you know, yeah. let's let's mm-hmm. sell this all the way. Let's 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 take. I, you're on the same network. Everyone knows you're the same company. Everyone knows everyone at the top is still in charge of both shows. But let's at least make it feel like, you know, you're really competing against each other. You know, have have the smack guys smackdown guys talk a little bit more smack than just uh did you see did you see the pajamas he was wearing? Shut up. Yeah. And but I do I one thing about James Ellsworth I do like I do, I do like how JBL's calling his finisher the no chin music. Yeah, that's funny. Uh Otanga actually said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was it Otanga? Um, yeah, it was Otunga, yeah. Um, Raw, I think Raw was decent, actually. I, and I said this on the review. I, I agree as far as just it wasn't a bad Raw. It was, you know, there there's certain, again, if I can nitpick, you know, and as a journalist, I kind of get paid to nitpick, but I don't – it was a gimmicky show. So, you know, it was a gimmick-heavy show. So something like the street fight, really didn't, you know, on, on paper, on any other Raw, I'm like, are you serious? I mean, you're Enzo Amore just beat Luke Gallows. That that just doesn't make any sense at all. But and Enzo was just not good in the ring, unfortunately. Goat on the mic, crap in the ring. But, you know, he didn't even, his DDG finisher, he didn't even execute that well. They were trying, you know, Gallows' head was so big he couldn't even fit the pumpkin, you know, and it was just. But, but, but it was it just, should have fit the pumpkin. The pumpkin lid was inside the pumpkin. That's why it wouldn't fit. 
yeah, that was it was it was just weird. It got to the point where he was actually helping Cass, you know, Big Cass uh, uh, put the pumpkin on, and it was just like, okay, we're, we're waiting way too long for this spot. You know, you guys should just call an audible or something like that. Just hit him with the pumpkin. Um, but I I was a big fan. Uh, I mean, Braun Strowman and Raw team. I, I I'm I'm indifferent toward that. I, I really. I really don't have an opinion toward that. I know that they're building Strowman up and, you know, flavor of the week is a uh, top five opponents uh, for the undertaker at WrestleMania 33. That should be interesting. And I'm saying that to say that, uh, you know, they're, they're building Strowman up for that big, you know, Royal rumble moment or WrestleMania moment or whoever, he's going to be fed to a, to a baby face, whoever it is. Um, the past, couple of years with, with Wyatt and Rusev, it's been John Cena. So I don't know, you know, it's Cena's on SmackDown, Sherman's on Raw, uh, but as we saw on SmackDown, uh, they may be doing some cross-branding, which I, I don't know how I feel about that, because it just doesn't make sense, because, you you know, they, they both split the mid-card title. You know, Roman Reigns has the U.S. championship, and he's going to be on Team Raw. Uh, so he's not going to defend his mid card championship against someone from SmackDown. So it doesn't make sense for Ziggler to defend someone against Raw and lose. They'll have two mid card championships and the Cruiserweight Championship. So it, just from a logical standpoint, it just didn't make sense that 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 would have happened to be booked that way. Um, you know, just real quick on Raw, just Jericho, he. Uh, that guy, you know, he he he's one of my all-time favorites for a reason. He's he's uh, number four in my top five of all time, and um, you know, it's it's one of those things that you know you, you get so upset because he just puts people over all the time. And as a Jericho fan, you 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 always get upset about that. You know, why does Jericho always pe- put people over? You know, he was. You know, he. There are many stories, including of what he said. He was, um, he is fighting against losing, you know, to Fandango at um, a, a few years back. But other than that, you know, Evan Bourne and any other John Morrison and Jack so Swagger and you know all of the all of the other people. You know, he he lost to. You're like, oh, okay, then why? You know, just constantly Seth Rollins, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. But you know, as a character, he's he's gold, man. You know, and then the key of Jericho, lock it in, man. Are you serious? I mean, that is just stuff like that. Just it, it takes a wily veteran to really, you know, put things like that together. And he has he's so over that he has to force people to boo him. You know, and it's one of those things yep. that that just goes to show how over he is. Like he'll try to do some cheap heat, but he'll get the Y two J chance. People are just marking out over the list, the setup of the list. You know, he's got he, he's it's to the point where he doesn't he's trying to not say you just made the list like that because it, it's so over as soon as he says it. So you know, uh, at the end of Jericho's run, they're saying that you know he's he's doing another Fozzy deal and he'll be gone. But I just want. Personally, I would love one, you know, universal championship run, even if it's for a few weeks. And if you're against Kevin Owens, I think that should be the, the, the his swan song, so to speak. For now. 
the next year. Yeah, yeah, they'll he'll, he'll make his uh, you know nineteenth return. All right, uh, yeah, on in those SmackDown, um, it's always good to see my my boy Ken Doan. Uh, I interviewed him a few weeks back. It, it's always good to see him on 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 SmackDown. I'm glad that they revived the Spirit Squad, even if it's for a short stint. And um, and the is back. It's, again, it, they're just a pop up appearance, just like there were you know a couple months back, but. Um, I, and I agree with you. I mean, the Orton thing is weird to me. You know, it just seems mm-hmm. like it's going to be eventually Orton turning back face. But, you know, for him to get booed and, you know, him to turn against Wyatt, you know, it's like Wyatt always gets the, the you know, the short end of the stick, at, you know, at the end of the day. And it's just like, just turn Wyatt face already. Just just do it. Um, have have him have some dissension with Luke Harper and just just go ahead and turn him. Um, they were trying. They're they're about to turn him at the beginning of the year when they were feuding against League of Nations. Well, at the beginning of the year they were feuding. He was feuding with Goldberg, or not Goldberg, but Brock Lesnar. They dropped that, uh, and then League of Nations uh, toured WrestleMania, and then he got injured and came back as a, as a heel again. So. You know, it's an unfortunate thing for Bray Wyatt because as many people as he's wrestled, as many legendary names as he's wrestled, he still can't break that glass ceiling for some reason. Well, maybe if they gave him a pay-per-view win, that would help. I mean, he's had some. He beat Roman Reigns. He's uh, he's beat uh, uh, Chris Jericho. Let me revise my statement. Let me revise it. Let him win cleanly at a pay-per-view against someone who actually matters. At a time when they matter. Yeah, because Chris Jericho didn't really matter. Kane didn't really matter. Not really uh, not. Um, but yeah, Roman Reigns wasn't clean because Harper came back. Yeah, unfortunately, that's uh, that's not really a good statistic that he has. So, as far as Ellsworth, real quick, um, eh, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it's just overdone um, and. You know, when he said goodbye, I was just like, okay, sweet. We're we're no longer having him on SmackDown. To me, compared to Raw, you have just an amazing segment with Goldberg. Just hit it out the park. It was it was it was perfect to me. Uh, you know, Rusev was just a decoy. I, I don't think that. Um, uh, I, I don't I don't think that it's a Paul Heyman guy. I don't think it's anything past, um, you know, um, raw. But you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, they needed someone big and kind of you know intimidating for for Goldberg to be a decoy for Goldberg. And so I think they used them right. It, it was fine. All right, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to a very fun topic of the flavor of the week for today. Here we go. It is now time for the flavor of the week. We're going to go back and forth today. We've got a little bit of time, a little bit of time to, to go back and forth today as far as the top five opponents for the Undertaker at uh, at, at WrestleMania. Um, 
But before we get that, let's let's uh, let's let's grab some headlines right quick. We didn't grab the headlines, so let's get the gra- let's grab the headlines right quick. All right, so we usually spend some time on headlines for the for the sake of time. Uh, we'll just go through them, and of course, I'll get your thoughts on uh, on the headlines, Todd. Austin Aries out of action until. Beginning of 2017, uh, he kind of uh, was wrestling Shinsuke Nakamura, and uh, Shinsuke got a little bit too strong style on him, and it's unfortunate. Uh, Cliff Compton, I wrote this on the Inquisitor. Um, I wrote uh, the Austin Aries piece on Sports Kid. I wrote this on the Inquisitor. Cliff Compton convinced a, a current WWE star not to quit the company. He tweeted that uh, uh, someone told him that the current star that he's burned out, he wants to quit. And he showed him a, a tweet of a, just a crash mat in the gym with like 20 people there at that. And he changed his mind. That so ring ever. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that ring was just. Oh, yeah, it, it was such an it, embarrassment. It looked like a flop house mattress rope tight around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it wasn't even. It just seems like it just seemed like a bunch of pillows on top of like you know trash bags or underneath trash bags, and it was just so uneven and just it was it was absolutely horrible. Uh, I've seen better <clears throat> rings in backyard wrestling matches. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, there's some talk of Orton being out for Survivor Series. Um, his his wife is due. Uh, their baby is due two days after Survivor Series, so uh, he's not scheduled. He's he's scheduled to leave a little bit before Survivor Series to tend to the, uh, the birth and uh, come back on November 29th. So may not see Orton for Survivor Series, but they just said that Orton is a part of the Survivor Series uh, team. So that'll be that'll be interesting, especially if his wife, you know, his wife if his wife is due the 22nd, that's the projected date. So a lot of times it's before then. So eh, that's that's kind of close. Just set up Miz, it's just to set up Miz sliding into that spot. Yeah, It'll be something that, that takes Orton out, so Miz can slide in so that they can be dissension right. the Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> And uh, then uh, Undertaker, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute uh, for, for the week. Uh, Goldberg stated in a recent interview uh, with Booker T on Sunday that uh, Survivor Series is a one-time deal. Um, I mean, it's just a one-match deal. Um, as of now, there's nothing else uh, outside of Survivor Series. So, he, But he's willing to do another match if, uh, you know, uh, if they offer. So... Uh, but as of now, it's just Survivor Series is just a, a one and done. Until they, you know, until they induct him to the Hall of Fame, and you know, then why not one I more? Agree. Yep, I agree. I think uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he'll headline. Well, you know, The Rock is one of those one of those top candidates, but I think that The Rock still will probably do his WrestleMania deal for the next couple of years and probably headline uh, the Hall of Fame for 18 or 19 because he'll probably, you know, peep in and do his WrestleMania deal the next, you know, time or two. And then, um, you know, and then, and then headline a, a Hall of Fame. But it's, uh, as long as he keeps peeping in and, and have this little WrestleMania spots like he did with uh, the Wyatt family uh, this year, Mm-hmm. He won't be a part of uh, 
the Hall of Fame until his fix is over. All right, so uh, the Undertaker uh, part of the headlines will will uh, will trans transform uh, or transfer over from the Undertaker appearing at the Cavs opener, hair growing out, looking in good shape, um, and we'll, we'll we'll transfer that over to the actual flavor of the week topic. So the top five people who Undertaker should face at WrestleMania. Who was your number five? I'm going with Baron Corbin. Strong up and um, over, matches up well. It, he would do well from the from the rub with Undertaker, and the whole you know that whole thing. Of course, he'll lose. He'll lose like a champ, but he'll still come out looking good in the, in the just for having the match. So Todd and I, we we had no clue about our list uh, of of you know beforehand. A lot of times we like to. I mean, sometimes we go. We we do lists all the time, but we never did this list, uh, and we did not know the list on purpose. Um, each we didn't we didn't know each other's top five on purpose. You know to to, to talk about it tonight. So with that being said, my number five is Barry Corbin, and. Uh, <laughs> For for those for those reasons, um, and just you know, it's it's one of those things that I think I think at this time Undertaker needs that big foe. I think it would be a, a nice way to go out because this is probably Undertaker's last. Um, so he needs kind of like that big foe who is, uh, is could potentially dethrone him and, and just kind of playing that kayfabe that that you know. Uh, irresistible force versus unmovable object, as Gorilla Monsoon would say, that type of storyline with it. So I think Corbin would be a good good choice. Who's your number four? Number four, I went Bray Wyatt. I want to see the rubber match, and I want the, this time I'm, I'm hoping for the finish. This is dream. This is a little dream uh, booking here, but I want the 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 end that we should have had with Bray Wyatt winning and taking over as that new face of fear and being the new face of fear and having, and just carrying on that mantle of being the scary guy in WWE, like the undertaker was for so many years. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. I just think, the, I don't think the physical prowess is there. And, it, you know, I think, I think wide is just pretty much damaged goods at this point. But uh, my number four is AJ Styles. Um, I think that the I think that just the dynamic of a Taker versus Styles match would just I mean just it just seems like an amazing thing to me. I'm, I know that uh, it would take a lot of cardio for Taker to hang with with Styles at this point. With Taker, you know, being uh, in his fifties now and and, and, uh, and Styles pushing forty, so there's a you know over ten year difference there. And but at the same time, you know. I, I think the taker, uh, if he gets himself in shape, you know, he only wrestles, you know, once or twice a year now. Uh, so with that, I think that he would be able to hang from a, uh, a good enough to, to, to have a good match. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, AJ can really can make, build it up. Yeah, and AJ could definitely make him look good. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. One of the things um, that AJ's really great at is making the other guy look fantastic. Absolutely. I mean, look at James Ellsworth twice. So well, look, well, look what he did with uh, Roman Reigns. Yeah, well, he already looked good before he went against AJ Styles. So, 
Matter of fact, I think I got a sound clip for that. I love my I love my sound clips. Matter of fact, that here you go. Mm. <laughs> but, I figured with that one, I would have made your list. Eh, you know, uh, I think a buzz is uh, pretty apropos for that comment. Uh, so yeah, what's your number three? Number three, I'm going with Star Power and The Rock. Okay. Just because makes it's sense. The Rock. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Who, makes who sense. wouldn't pay to watch The Undertaker and The Rock? And that's never been uh, a, a WrestleMania match. So the, nope. I, I agree. They've had other matches, but uh, they've never had a WrestleMania match. So, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, three is Braun Strowman, similar to the reason of uh, Baron Corbin. I think they can build him up uh, for the next uh, five months uh, to be that, you know, dominant figure on Raw. And I think that uh, he can – I think he can ride this competition thing out. Like, I want competition. I want competition. I think he can ride this out until – uh, you know, through for three more months, because what you can do is you can start, you know, with th- I say three and a half months, you can start this whole I want competition thing. He, he beat people like Sami Zayn and like Neville, and you know, just kind of mid card people for the next few months. And after Rumble, probably like uh, I'd say mid February, so about six weeks out. Um, you know, he can do this competition thing, and then, of course, The Undertaker can, can come out, and there you go. That's that's how you set it up. Number two. Number two, um, the true face that runs a place, John Cena. Good choice. Very good choice. My number two was – It would be a great uh, match. Yeah, of course it would, yeah. Uh, my number two is Brock Lesnar, just because – the Taker fan in me just wants him to beat Lesnar at WrestleMania. So, who's your number one? Oh, that was. Uh, give yourself the buzzer for that one. No, I, can, oh, I can't do that. I, I can. Uh, number I, one, I can the do, green I, match never going to happen, uh, simply because of who it is. But, you know, since I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming big. Number one is Sting. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't fault you on that one. Um, I can say I, I can give myself one of these. Yeah, I can give myself a a, a, a correct answer, ding, for what I just said because Rock Lesnar defeating the streak was still a very bad idea. So, especially in hindsight, man, uh, I just you know that that's going to take some time that we don't have this week. The number one person, I believe that should go against The Undertaker. Let's get this sound by right quick. Oh, yeah! Should be John Cena, without a doubt. I think just because we're going to, most likely we're going to get that. We're actually supposed to get that this year because Cena got injured and they threw shit in there. But um, they'll pick it back up for, for 33. And I think you know if there, I see that's what the that's the reason why I wish the streak was still involved in this because it's always the streak was always even more important. I mean, for for a number of years, the streak was more important than the title match, and so it was. that's how important the streak was. 
Brock Lesnar comes in with his lazy suplexes and ends the streak. You could have had John Cena come in and now this is now basically this describes the Undertaker's streak. Obsolete. It's obsolete. So, <laughs> well, I've always thought that. I've always thought if when they ended the streak, that should have just been Undertaker's retirement. Just go away. You know. Uh, for for all they'll, that he sacrificed for the WWE, I, I, that was just. I mean that you know he had a concussion. He had that Uncle Fester look. You know, just just the haircut and all that. It, to me, that that was just a horrible year for Taker for me. I didn't like the cut. He was out of shape. It, it, you know, he. I'm not saying I'm not saying he shouldn't have lost. I, I would I would have preferred him not lose to to Braun, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying when they ended the streak, that should have just ended the character. It should it should have been a passing yeah. torch done. Passing the torch to Lesnar. I'm not saying he should have passed the torch to Lesnar. I'm just saying whoever ended the streak should have been the one. That it should have been the end of Undertaker. And I agree with you. It shouldn't have been yeah. Brock Lesnar. It shouldn't have been a part-timer. Yeah. It should have been someone that's going to carry that torch forward over yes. over the next how many years? You know, a Braun Strowman, uh, yeah. uh, uh, Baron Corbin, a Bray Wyatt. See, I'm but with, I'm with Austin. Taker. I'm with Austin. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't believe this streak should have ever ended. Honestly, that's one of those things that just goes in the annals of history. That uh, you know, it never ended. I, I really think that should have been the case. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, great stuff as always. Uh, we have one more week with Todd Fisher. Next week is going to be the big, big, big week. We have uh, election coverage. Uh, we're going to try to squeeze some wrestling in. Uh, but uh, if it goes into the night, uh, we'll, we'll have real-time coverage of election next week. It's going to be very, very exciting. So, and of course, in the, you know, this is Pancakes and Power Sandwich. We'll have an interview in the beginning, uh, and then uh, we'll, we'll just get, get right into the election. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Todd Fisher, Off the Ropes Podcast. This is Chris Featherstone from Crave Wrestling, episode 240, signing off. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. Daddy loves Ian and Elijah. You all have a great night. Bye-bye. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.